Hello and welcome to the Synergen Leadership Podcast. My name is Julian Carl, CEO and co-founder of Synergen Group and once again really happy to bring you another episode of our podcast. And look, today's episode is a little special because it is our 50th episode, which means we've been podcasting for nearly a year now and it's, it's, uh, it's a great thing that we've been able to achieve. So over that time, I've been lucky enough to speak with a whole range of people, some fantastic leaders, some fantastic authors. And what I thought I'd do for this episode is really just take a little bit of time and reflect on some of the key leadership themes which come through as a result of all the interviews that I've done and all the content that we've shared as part of the podcast. So would love to hear your comments and feedback about our first year of podcasting. Check out this this latest episode. It will be the final episode for season one and really looking forward to uh, coming back in season two. And I can tell you now that we've got a whole range of great guests already lined up and we're starting to record the interviews now for next year. So happy listening and see you in 2019. Welcome to the Synergen Leadership Podcast with Julian Carl. Julian speaks with leaders from around Australia to bring you their leadership story and share their insights about being a leader. To further help you build your leadership capability, Julian shares his own insights about leadership and the tools and techniques he uses as a leader. Hey there, everyone. Really happy to be with you once again for another episode of the Synergen Leadership Podcast and look today's a little bit of a special one for us. This is now our 50th episode and one of the things that we've noticed as we've uh, done all of these episodes is the fact that there's been a lot of learning along the way. If I think about it, you know, the reason I started the podcast is really to share ideas and insights that uh, different leaders had from around the country and now it looks like from around the world because we're starting to get some international people involved in the podcast. And I thought there was real value in that because obviously anyone that's been through one of my programs and anyone that's been through one of the Synergen programs knows that we take our leadership and, and learning very, very seriously. And I think that I really wanted to just do everything possible to give you more and more value as part of the podcast. And so when we think back about 50 episodes, it's uh, amazing to me that the quality of people that I've been able to interview. So if you think about it, I've been able to interview a whole range of different types of people. I've been able to interview small business owners. I've been able to interview senior leaders at uh, medium-sized organizations. I've been able to interview CEOs that, that lead billion-dollar organizations and so on. been able to interview different types of authors, both from overseas and from Australia, and, and it's been absolute fascinating and an absolute pleasure to be able to chat to these people and really, really get their insights. And I think one of the things that it's done for me personally is that in many cases, it's either solidified my thinking about leadership or I've learned something by being the, the, the host. And I think that that's really valuable for me. So I'm hoping that over the last 50 episodes, there's been some real value in that for you as well. So when I was thinking about what to do for the 50th episode, I did think about going through each episode and uh, talking about, you know, a big takeaway or, or something that I got from each episode. And I thought, geez, doing that for 49 episodes is going to be a bit boring. So what I've decided to do is, is just pick a, a few themes which have really come out over the course of the last year and really have resonated with me and hopefully they, they, they've resonated with you. 
So one of the first things that really sticks out to me is this idea of frameworks and models. So I've been on a real journey to try and turn every every idea, every every thought into some sort of visual model or some sort of uh, framework which you can share with people because frameworks and models do do a couple of things. The first is they help you crystallize your thinking and, and clarify your thinking. And I think that's really important as a leader to, to, to know what you're thinking. They also enable you to think quite quickly and accelerate your thinking because once you have chosen a model that works for you or created a model that works for you, one of the things that uh, you find is that you start to automatically use it and it really allows you to make sure you're covering off everything you need to cover off and uh, when you're making decisions. And look, I think one of the other powerful aspects of turning something into a visual framework is this idea that helps you to explain it to other people. So you can explain it to customers, you can explain it to your peers, you can explain it to the people that report to you. And I think it's it's been a really, really powerful idea to think about what models do you like, what models don't you like, what models have you been exposed to, why do they work for you, why don't they work for you, what ones do you like, do you want to modify it, do you want to change it, what was the thinking behind it, how does it work in practice versus theory. So there's a lot to be said for really taking the time and, and coming up with the models that work for you as a, as a leader. What models are in your playbook? What models resonate with you? And I think if you can come to that conclusion about what models resonate with you, I think you're going to be in a much better position in your leadership. One of the other things that really uh, resonated with me was this idea, and it came up in a couple of episodes, and it's really this idea of levels of work. And so this is this is quite a powerful uh, idea, which you know pre-podcast I, I wasn't familiar with. And, and what it looks to do is it looks at how long you've been in an organisation and what level you're at in that organisation, and it encourages you to think about what level of work should you be doing. Because obviously, you're going to be doing a very different type of work when you start in an organization to the type of work that you'll be doing if you become CEO of a large multi-billion dollar company. It's going to be very different things. I think one of the things that we, we face, a challenge we face as a leader is that as we progress up the so-called career ladder or hierarchy or organizational structure, whatever you want to call it, that we often struggle to delegate or struggle to fully get ourselves out of the particular level of work that we're used to doing and step into this new level of work. And someone said to me once when they were talking about this, that just because you're higher up in an organization, you're not actually necessarily doing more work. You're just doing a very, very different type of work. And if you're interested in this this type of stuff, uh, this is part of the stratified systems theory body of work by uh, Albert Jacques. Uh, there's, if you go into Google, there's a really good infographic of it where it just shows you this, this correlation between time in an organization and your position in an organization. So I really do recommend you check that out because I think that the more you can delegate down or sideways, the greater position you're going to be to be more effective in your role as a leader. There was also an interview we did early on in the season and you know it's really interesting what things resonate with you and I think the the person I was interviewing was they didn't mean this so much as a as a, as a key concept but it was really about 
more a little bit of a throwaway line, but quite often it's those throwaway lines which which really resonate with you. And and, and the line as it was essentially this, and I might not have it exactly right, but it was when you're in business and you're in leadership, consider who you listen to. And I thought that was a really, really powerful thing to think about because there are so many people out there offering advice. There are so many people out there that are publishing content. There are so many people out there that are positioning themselves as the gurus on a particular topic. There is so much stuff on Google now. There is so much stuff on YouTube. Wherever you look, you can find information on different things. And it, it really struck me that, you know, who are we listening to? Who are the people that we're listening to when it comes to career advice or when it comes to dealing with challenges as leaders? Who are the people that we're listening to? And it got me thinking about, well, who do I listen to and, and who do I relate to? And it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting question when you start thinking about it because I would like to think that for some of the listeners out there that some of the stuff that I talk about resonates with people and that they, they think that I'm a so-called trusted advisor. But I also know there's a lot of other people around that also have these good ideas so it does become a bit of a minefield to navigate who you who you should listen to and i remember a number of years ago i did quite a lot of uh, pd so personal development it was a really interesting little phase because there's so many people out there offering it and so i I had to try a couple and go to a couple of different events and see some different speakers to think well you know of all these speakers who am i really going to listen to whose message really resonates with me who is the person that i will say yep i think that's the way that i want to go about it so i'm going to encourage you to think about who you're listening to as a leader yeah you're listening is it your do you have a mentor do you have a coach do you have uh is there a source that you go to for example a lot of people like to think that harvard business review provides some pretty good content so is it is there something like that so where, where is your source? Where is your source of truth, for want of a better phrase? Because you, you can find so many contrary views on how best to do something and you could just get lost and overwhelmed when essentially you need to make a choice. Who are you actually going to listen to? And whose process, whose path, whose idea, whose concept do you think is going to give you the most value that you can follow it through and get the result that you want as a leader? And I think it becomes a, it becomes a really difficult question because you know how do you know you're making the right choice how do you know that the person you've chosen is your source of truth sometimes we have to suspend the disbelief and really sort of take that decision say okay this person has achieved this or they've done this or i respect them for this reason and i'm really going to listen to what they say and, and apply their their thinking and start to you know think about whether that is right for me so one of the other things that really started to come out uh, during a lot of the interviews, and, and this was quite interesting. It seemed to come out more with leaders that had been around a fair while and were leading large organizations. And it was really this idea of purpose, you know, and thinking about what's our purpose as a leader? What are we actually really here to do? What's our purpose? And when you start to think about it, I'm not quite sure that all of us as leaders have ever really fully defined what's our purpose as a leader. And what struck me so powerful about a lot of the interviews where where purpose came up was how that by these leaders having a clear sense of their purpose and, and what they were doing and why it was important, it seemed to lend a real gravitas to their leadership and it, and it seemed to provide them with a really stable footing for them to to stand on and be the best leader they could be. 
So I think it's it's something which I've had a lot of time to reflect in. I think that you know, as a leader, you do need to make sure that uh, as as you start thinking about your purpose, it, is that aligned to the purpose of the organisation? Because I think that if there's if you're not congruent there, if you're not aligned with the organisation, that your your job, your enjoyment, it's going to very very quickly dissipate. So I think it's important to take some time to think about this idea of of purpose and what it is and I was I was scrolling through my LinkedIn feed the other day and you know I'm going to talk about LinkedIn in a minute actually one of the one of the the people that came up on my feed what they were talking about was that your purpose is to find your purpose and I thought what well, hold on a minute what are you talking about and and what I could gauge out of, out of the idea was that uh, you you may not necessarily ever ever get there but as long as you're looking for it and making, looking for your purpose, your purpose, you're going to be doing good work as a leader and you're going to be doing good work for the, for the broader community. So I am going to encourage you to think about this idea of purpose, what it means to you, what it means to your organization, what it means to the people around you. Because one thing a purpose can do is it can really unify those around you. So if you have a very clear purpose as a leader and then that translates into a very clear team purpose, I think you'll find that the team are able to be a part of that and they hold on to it and it gives them a sense of worth and it gives them a sense of direction and it allows them to think, yep, I'm in or I'm out. And I think that's an important thing to consider because the reality is as a leader, you want people around you, you want people in your team who actually want to be there. They want to be part of your team. They want to be in. They're all in. Better or for worse, they're all in. And so I think that purpose is, is something which I think I believe more leaders should look for I think that, you know, it may be not-for-profits. It's almost gone too far the other way that they forget the commercial side of business. But if we're, if we're really starting to look at what purpose is, what it means to us as leaders, what it means to us as humans, and we really start to think about how we can be the best leaders we can be, I think we'd be in a much better position to lead from the front, to set the standard for those around us and to be the sort of leader that attracts the right sort of people who want to work for us and work with us. So I do think that take some time, think about purpose, both your own and your business and see where you get to with it. And if you do do some thinking about that, I'd love for you to go to the website and, and, and leave us some comments about, you know, what did you discover as your purpose or where are you at with it? Because I think it's a, it's a really interesting area of, of, of conversation for a leader to have. And one of the other things that came out to me, and it was this idea of LinkedIn. So I was really excited when one of our listeners reached out to me and said, oh, you know, I'd love for you to do an episode about uh, LinkedIn as one of your content episodes. So that was really useful for me personally, because what it did is it enabled me to put down in writing what the system is, which I use for managing LinkedIn. And I think LinkedIn has uh, changed. And I think LinkedIn has become a very different thing to what it was a year ago. And almost to the point where I'm starting to ask myself, where have all the leaders gone on LinkedIn? Where are all the leaders? Where are the leaders who are employed as leaders in businesses, in organizations, who are sharing their challenges, their thoughts, their observations? I don't know about you, but my LinkedIn feed is very different. My LinkedIn feed is filled with the people who are wanting to use LinkedIn as a platform for for themselves as opposed to sharing leadership insights and talking about leadership. Now, look, make no mistake about that. I see LinkedIn as as part of a way of communicating with my leadership cohort and people that I want to speak to. And I see LinkedIn as a very valuable 
tool to communicate with potential customers and so people can see whether or not that we're a right fit for them if they want to work with us. So not taking anything away from that. What I would like to see is more leaders actually expressing their position, showing the rest of the LinkedIn community what they stand for, you know, being able to articulate their views, being able to ask for help for any challenges that they may face. So if there'd be one thing I'd like to see happen with LinkedIn next year is that it becomes more about business sharing and and business ideas rather than just a platform for people to continue to suggest that uh, what they're doing is the right way. Whereas I'd like to think that, you know, we're all leaders having conversations, that we're having conversations about important leadership topics, that we're sharing content, that we're sharing ideas, and that we're having these conversations on LinkedIn. I think that's where I'd like to see more of that. And specifically from people in business who are leaders, not not people that are, are running small businesses, but trying to sell, always sell you something. So let's talk, let's get the real leaders back on LinkedIn. Let's get the people on LinkedIn that are in the trenches. They're, 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 they're running large organizations. They're, they're running, you know, small family-owned businesses and they're, and they're doing it tough in this economic climate. Whatever it is, these are the people that I want to hear their observations, their thoughts, their insights because leadership is such a rich topic of conversation that I really want to see the, the quality of the conversation uh, improve. And look, one of the things which uh, I did do another content episode on, and it was really got some uh, some interesting feedback with the idea of leader as coach, and specifically around this grow model. Now, the grow model, for those of you that are not familiar with it, is a coaching model which was developed by uh, Whitmore, and he uh, has recently passed away, like within the last couple of years. And his book, Coaching for Performance, is probably considered the, the, the best book for coaches out there. And I'm going to recommend as leaders that if you want to really develop your skill set in this area, go to the source and, 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 and buy the book, Coaching for Performance. Now, I think the, the thing about the GROW model is it's a really, really interesting framework because it's four steps, obviously, G-R-O-W, and it can be used for both performance coaching and also development coaching and so i think that when you've got a tool which can be used in a multiple ways i think it adds some real value and some consistency so the the grow the g in the grow is obviously goals so you want to talk to someone about their goals the o is obviously what are our options so how are we going to get to those goals I think I missed the the R just then so the R is obviously the reality so how far away are we from uh, from reaching our goals and the W is the will all the way forward and what are we going to do these are where we put some plans in place and take some action so it is a really really good uh, model uh, so much so that I shot a short training video on it and put it out to my LinkedIn community and sending it out to different people on my email list just so I thought you know here's a, here's a great idea go away and use it and tell me what you think tell me whether it works for you because I think one of the things that I, I really want to encourage people to do is engage in the conversation. Tell me what's working. Tell me, tell me what you're liking. Tell me what models you're using. Because I think you know, just get a conversation going and share that with other leaders, and suddenly the quality of leadership starts to improve. And look, that's one of the, the real things that I'm, I'm interested in, and that's raising the standard of leadership and seeing you know people become better leaders. Because I do believe that everyone has has everything they need but it's going to take everything they've got. And I actually think that I just, uh, I may have uh, stolen someone's quote just then. So shout out to Lisa Stevenson, who I think uh, was the interview where uh, she said that to me in her, her last words on leadership and success. So 
I do think that we all have the capability to be the best we can be. And I think that's why we need to really increase the level of conversation with, with each other around what's working in leadership, what's not, what are our experiences, how can things be applied. And I think one of the, you know, one of the really enjoyable author interviews that uh, we did was with Michael Bunting, which was really all about this idea of mindfulness. And I think that as leaders, we often don't necessarily think about mindfulness and, and what it can do for us and being in the moment and being in the present. And I do think that it's an area of topic, a broad area of broad area where more leaders should actually be thinking about it and, and just looking at what are they doing around that. And mindfulness is, is being aware of the presence where you are now it's about taking notice of what's around you about the people around you and it's also about realizing the impact that you're having on other people around you so i'm going to encourage you to think about what are you doing from a mindfulness perspective and i don't mean just sitting around and you know chanting and, and saying everything's going to be fine i don't think that there's any value in that but i think there's real value in just taking stock every now and then and thinking about you know what are you thinking about what are your thoughts so one of the other things which really came through in, in a couple of the interviews over the last year was this idea of culture and the importance of culture in an organization and in a team. It really, really highlighted to me the fact that you know there's, there's a lot of work to be done around culture. There's a lot of, a lot of organizations which are you know, may, maybe not necessarily focusing as much on their culture or they've inherited a culture or they've just evolved in a certain way and really understanding the impact it can have on a leader or it can have on a team. And I think that that's vitally important to be thinking about from a couple of perspectives. So I'm going to encourage you to think about what's the culture of your organization? What's the culture there? And I was chatting to someone because uh, I've started recording episodes for season two and I was chatting to someone specifically around culture. And he was talking about that quite often culture gets labelled. So an organisation might say we have a culture of innovation or we have a culture of performance or we're a people-focused culture and all these sort of labels around it. I'd really like you to be thinking about what is, how do you define your culture at the organisation you work for? It is important. Now I'd like you to sort of take a step down from that and think about you know, what, are, what, are, what are the cultures that are occurring within that culture? So you might have different team cultures. You might have... Uh, very, very different types of cultures in, in different locations, geographic locations. I was chatting to one of our clients the other day and he was telling me that uh, they've got a, a um, relationship with a third party which is very different in one state to another. So it's it's just interesting the way these cultures evolve. And I, I think, again, it's sort of almost like that idea that goes hand in hand with purpose is thinking about what, what sort of culture do you want and then taking steps to actually get there, to making it the sort of culture that you really, really want it to be. And I think that's one of the best things a leader can do is really start to think about you know, the culture. There was also another really fun uh, interview I did with Lisa Stevenson. So shout out to Lisa. And the thing that really sprung out to me about this interview was this idea of personal success and what it is and how people define it. And wondering you know what does it take to get the best out of an individual because if you think about leadership one of the things that we we have to do is we have to achieve results through others you know whether it be the team that's reporting directly to you if you're in an influencer position you've got to influence senior leaders around you and i really start to got me thinking about this idea of success and tying that in with coaching and starting to how do we get the most out of our people because the definition of leadership is changing. 
never before have people had the access to information. So whether you like it or not, as a leader, you're being judged. You're being judged against the latest article which someone has downloaded off Google and you've got no idea what that might be and suddenly they're making judgments about you, your communication, your leadership, your decision making, your relationship building, whatever it is, they're making judgments. And I think not enough leaders have realized that the definition of leadership is changing and it's changing to whatever that person has read or consumed the night before, the day before. And it's changing constantly. So as leaders, we've got to be aware of this. And we're going to be thinking about what can we do as leaders to make sure that we're, we're being the best we can be. And so the, the problem we have is that when you do go onto Google and search, what does good leadership look like? You're going to get millions of hits. You're going to get moons of ideas. And then as you start to go through and start to look, you're really going to find that we need to be thinking about ourselves from a personal leadership point of view. What, what, what am I, how am I showing up? What am I doing? How am I presenting to my team? How am I presenting to customers, to peers, to suppliers, to all, all the different uh, interactions we have as leaders? And importantly, how are you showing up to yourself? I don't think it was during the podcast interview, but it's some other piece of content that I consumed and they were talking about, don't, don't show up for the person you are, show up for the person that you want to be. And I thought it was a really interesting idea that as leaders, are we showing up as the leaders that we want to be, that the leaders that we're aspiring to be? And I think this, there's a lot to be said for really taking the time to think about what are our personal success measures. You know, what do we need to do at a personal level to be the best we can be? Because I believe that if we are focused on being the best leaders we can be, good things will start to happen. You'll start to attract the right type of people to your organization. You'll start to deliver the types of results that you want to deliver. So I think it's a, it's a really important topic of this idea of success and, and what it means to you as a leader and what does it mean to your team and what does it mean to your organization? Because it's not, oh, you know, if we're successful, someone gets to keep a job. That's not motivating. That's not inspiring. That's not going to keep people engaged in, in, in being part of what you're doing as a leader. So I do think take some time. Think about what does success mean to you. And look, the, the, the final reflection I had is, is as part of this uh, last episode for, for 2018 is, is this idea of change and how some organizations are dealing with change really, really well. Some organizations are dealing with it okay, and some organizations are dealing with it in not so okay. And then I'm finding that when you dig deeper, that applies to the leaders in that organization as well. And so I'm going to encourage you to consider change from this perspective. Change is a constant. You probably It's an old cliche, but it's true. And the reality is it's never going away. It's never going away. So as a leader, we're going to be thinking about what's our approach to it and how, how do we embrace it? How do we how do we suddenly make it something less fearful? So I'm going to give you a little a little tactic, a little idea, and it's just something which may help you deal with change. Because quite often when we hear the word change, we sort of have, oh, really? Why, why do things need to change? I'm just going to ask you to see if this works for you, and it may or may not. Let's just change the word from change to evolution. Things have to evolve. They have to move forward. And what we find when I share that with people is because evolution has a longer time frame associated with it, people tend to be able to process it a little differently. Change is quite often forced upon people. It's quite fast. It's quite rapid. Evolution, on the other hand, is longer term. It's slower. It might make it a little bit easier for you to deal with. How do we need to evolve? Where do we need to go? What do we need to do? 
And I think that the more successful we can be as leaders in terms of handling change slash evolution, I think that the, the better off we'll be able to articulate to that to our teams, to the people around us, to the, the people that are close to us. And so I just want to, you know, re- recap on that, those couple of key things that, that my big reflections. The first was this idea of frameworks and models. I'm going to encourage you really start to get out there and get a solid handle on what the frameworks and models are that you that work for you and then turn them into a visual model. Second thing was this idea of levels of work, this idea that, you know, where are you spending your time and what are you doing and importantly, what should you be doing? Third thing is this idea of who should you be listening to? <laughs> and look, the fact that you listen to this podcast means that hopefully uh, I, I fit into that category that I'm one of the voices that you listen to. But I do really want you to consider you know, around you, who are, the, who are the people that are guiding you? Who are the people that are, are really contributing to your success as a leader? This idea of purpose was number four. You know, what's your purpose as a leader? Why are you here? Why are you doing things the way you're doing them? And is that purpose aligned to your organization? I really like to get the, the leaders back onto LinkedIn. So LinkedIn for leaders, you know, start sharing your insights, sharing your observations, start engaging with, with the broader leadership community. I think that's going to be really important as we head into next year. Leader as coach, leader as coach, this idea of being able to coach more to get the most from your people through coaching was the sixth idea that really stuck with me after listening, re-listening and interviewing all these people. Seventh thing that I, I think is a big takeaway is this idea of mindfulness, which is really about looking after our mental health, looking after the mental health of the people in our teams and really making sure that it's something we're thinking about. And of course, the eighth thing I just spoke about was this idea of culture and making sure that culture is part of what we do, that we are clear about it, that we are focused about it, that is that is something we're doing very deliberately. And I think that there's a lot of ways you can do that. I think if you, you go back and uh, listen to episode 31, which was with Elaine Jobson, who's the CEO of, of Jets Fitness, and there was a real a real key thing there where they, where they talk about the culture and the importance of it and how they've aligned it their culture to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So I think culture is going to be a crucial part of your success as a leader next year. I think this idea of success, how do we as leaders measure our success? What are the measures? What are the, the metrics? What are the things we should be thinking about? What are the things which are not adding any value to our teams, to the people around us? I think that's a really important factor to consider. And the final thing is this idea of change slash evolution. This idea that we can uh, become more comfortable with it, that we can lead it from the front, that it's part of what we do now. It's not this word which strikes fear into us, just part of what we do. Some people do this more easily than others, and I appreciate that. I think it's our role as a leader to really be thinking about, well, what can we do here? What are the things we can really do to to drive this part of our, our leadership forward? So I hope that uh, this 50th episode has um, g- given you a bit, a bit of a highlights reel. It's, it's certainly been a, been a wonderful journey in 2018, launching season one of our podcast. And I've got to throw out a big, 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 massive, humongous, enormous, ginormous thank you to Alison, uh, who's our communications manager at uh, Synergen Group. And the reason is this, that I had an idea and I said, to Ali way back when in, in, in the 2017. So I want to do a podcast. I'm listening to him all the time, but I've got no idea how to do it and I, I don't know what's involved. And to her credit, Alison has taken on board the challenge of the idea 
and has literally turned into my partner in crime in terms of this podcast. We, we run through ideas together, we collaborate on it, we talk about it all the time and I think that it's something which I couldn't have done on my own. So a big thank you to, to Alison who has really, really uh, deserves equal credit for the fact that we've been able to put out 50 episodes in our first year. And, and I've got to say, I do think that the quality of some of the interviews has, has been phenomenal. So I do want to thank all the guests as well that have been on been interviewed this year. I, I couldn't mention you all, but each and every one of you has contributed something to to the the season. So I'm really uh, big thankful for that, and of course uh, the the support of all the rest of the Synergen team for understanding the importance of this in terms of it becoming part of our curriculum ecosystem, but also just as a way of raising the standard of leadership. So on to season two. So we are going to take a short break. So you're listening to this and it's it's probably going to be around about the 11th of December that you're listening to this or this is when it's released. So we're going to take a short four-week break. Now, we're going to be back with season two in, I think it's January 8, 2019. And look, season two is shaping up to be much better than season one obviously i'm getting a bit hopefully getting a bit better as an interviewer but also we're 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 just going to change it up a little bit we're going to keep some of the things going that we have already done for season season one and but we are going to make a a few small changes and i'd really love to to hear what you think so if you are an iphone person please do head over to the, the apple podcast store and leave us a review it's something which i often ask and uh, it would be great if you could leave a review for us because you know it, that's a way of us sharing and if you are a, a regular listener i'd really love for you to be able to subscribe to make sure you're getting all the regular updates and also let people know share share what we're doing here because it really is about you know, getting the conversation going about what you know what makes amazing and awesome leadership, and how can we all contribute to it. So that pretty much uh, wraps it up for me. It's been an absolute pleasure working with you, and hopefully we've been able to give you a, a huge amount of value over these last 50 episodes. And once again, would love to hear what you think. So take a short break, and enjoy yourself over the the holiday period, and we'll see you in season two. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Synergy and Leadership Podcast. I trust you found it interesting. A couple of things. If you could go online and leave a review of the podcast, that would be great. Really help us in uh, spreading awareness of the podcast. Happy for you to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find. And if you want to shoot me through an email, julian at synergygroup.com.au. See you next time.